Hello, the message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's Favorite House Canada. We pray that as you listen, God's light will flood your heart and transform you forever. Amen. Lord, let it be all of you and none of me, that you will increase while I decrease, Lord, so that your name will be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Why don't you welcome someone to church this morning and just say you're welcome. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. We welcome you to church this morning and we pray that the God of heaven, or this afternoon, that the God of heaven himself will meet with you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Okay, we're going to continue our teaching on long suffering. So today is long suffering part two. Long suffering part two. How many of us, you know, went through last week differently? How many of us were conscious about the people in our lives, you know, that were going through their tough times? How many of us were conscious in our relationship with them, in our dealings? Let me see your hands up. We remembered. Thank God. I want you to keep that at the back of your mind, and God will help you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Eh? That sound that we keep hearing. <laughs> you know, I did last week. I, t- I believe something had damaged but everything was still sounding. So, can we say, because what if it's someone that, <laughs> you know, because it depends always on the stage. You know, it's not easy to undo that kind of sound. God will help us in Jesus' name. You know, but I believe everything is fine. Am I right? There's no reason to be afraid. The Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear. If we can make good fly. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Now, I want to share a story with you before we go into long suffering. Something that happened to me about seven years, six to seven years ago. So, I remember at my place of work back then, I was working in a bank. Was it seven or eight years? So, it was towards the end of the year, and a friend of mine said, oh, that he has this resort that... Um, there's a very nice place for us to all go, you know, as a team for vacation and all that. And, you know, we're excited and, you know, we made arrangements. We got it. So it was, I think we were five or six from my department that made the arrangements together. And this resort was out of Nigeria, it was. But we're going by road. It was in Pene Republic. It's one of the best, very good place in Africa. So we saw the pictures. We're really excited. The name of the place is Casa del Papa. Casa del Papa. So we embarked on the journey on a Saturday afternoon. Myself and my colleagues. Our goal was Casa del Papa. Remember the name, Casa del Papa. So everything we had already, because we knew crossing the border, if I drive into the border from the island, it's a tough one. So we said, you know what? We will endure whatever comes our way because we are going to Casa del Papa. So that was at the back of us. You know, that was the goal. So we got, I remember then we left. Thank God, good and traffic, everything went well. We got to the border. When we got to the border between Nigeria and Benin Republic, it was time to now change, switch cabs to a cab that would take us into town. So we met two cab drivers. The first one was from Benin Republic. I remember his name very well. And he, he speaks French and English. And we said, oh, we are going to Casa de Papa." He says, well, I know the place. So he said, awesome. Because the place is a very Eden resort. It's in Wida. 
Wida. Now, I'll, I'll tell you a little about Wida Town. It's one of the most, it's the most fetish towns in Africa. I didn't really, we didn't know that. You know, when you're doing your research sometimes, you should check well. So we were just looking at Casa de Papa. Now, second driver was Unduka. Oh, God, don't worry. I know the place. <laughs> Do you know Casa I know it. Where is it? Don't worry about that. Leave it. So, we divided ourselves into two teams. Apparently, the car Unduka carried was not in full shape. It was a 1992 car. <laughs> <laughs> no, for God, I entered the other one. <laughs> so my, my other colleagues entered Unduka's car. And we set out. So we went, went, and went to the Benin Republic. There was traffic, there was a concert, so there was some form of traffic. We found ourselves on the road, nine o'clock, we're still on, on the road. So we told Unduka, make sure you follow this. Because we're, the way the guy was saying he knows the road, and he couldn't tell us where it was. <laughs> we're suspecting him. So we said, just follow the other guy. So we kept going. At a point, I looked at the rearview mirror. We didn't see Unduka again. We had left them. They got lost. So we had to park and start calling and doing all sorts. Anyway, to cut the long story short, at some point, they met us. And at the met us and they parked the car, you know, we got and we were like, guy, you have to make sure you keep up. Go back into the cars. When the car starts, car refused to start. This was already 10.30. We were just in the middle of Benin Republic. But the goal was still Casa de Papa. Hmm. We left Lagos. I think I left now at 9 o'clock that day. But I didn't even feel it because I was thinking of what I saw in, on the internet. Anyway, so, you know, what myself and my colleagues, so three of us were, I think three guys, one of my colleagues came with his wife, then we had a female colleague. We said, you know what, let the ladies go in the car that is okay. You know, ladies go there, the, the husband of that lady, you know, we told him to join them and we asked them to go there, we will meet you. So they left at 10, 10.30 to go. Then three of us carried our bags. 10.30 in Benin Republic, well, and we're looking at, okay, we forgot that the language there is French. None of us could speak French. Mm. But the goal was Casa del Papa. So we stayed with our luggages. Those guys had gone. Munduka was battling with his car. <laughs> we even we walked away <laughs> from Munduka's car. Because there was no hope of the car coming back. So we saw a bus. We saw a bus with people inside, inside the bus. And we flagged the bus down. And we, did, we now said, oh, we are going to this. Is there a way? The person, they didn't understand. They speak French. So we're like, we now said, Casa del Papa. The guy said, mm, 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 come in. We got into the bus. <laughs> we got into the bus. We sat, funny enough, I even slept off in the bus. We were on the bus ride for two and a half hours. And we saw ourselves in Togo. <laughs> we saw Togo sign, Togo. Welcome to Togo. We said, but this is not where we are going. What is happening? Cast <laughs> Johnny. We got down from the, from the bus, and we stayed near the border of Benin and Togo. And we're like, what do we do next? And my friend said, let's have to look for someone that can speak English, which we should have done since 10.30. We look for someone that can speak English. We try to explain. The guy says, oh, da-ha. you are so far away from the place. You are so far. And that place is not really the best place to go at night. It's Wida. That's when I knew the place was in Wida. So, um, he said the best thing for us to do is to get bikes that would take us. That bikes would be the fastest means. So we got three bikes. The guy spoke to them in their language. And they said, oh, we know. Follow. So three of us, 
went on three bikes. So we started driving. This was already 1 a.m., 1, 1.20. By the time we got into Widat Town, I saw a snake sign. I saw a snake sign. You know, then I saw some people wearing white. So, and the bike man could not speak English. <laughs> you know, I started saying, where are they bringing us to? We're in the middle of nowhere. But, you know, because we are three men, we said nothing. <laughs> God will help us in the name of Jesus. But I felt peace. I knew that we were on the right path. Anyway, we got into Casa del Papa. I mean, into the road. It's a beach. Like, it's a resort, right? Apparently, my own bike decided to start having problems. Then, I thought when I noticed the light was not too bright. And my other two friends, I'm not saying them, slow down. Tell your bike man to slow down. Those bike men, bike men were complaining. They said they can't slow down. They have to go. That They have time. And the place is dangerous. So, they started going. My, driver, my bike driver entered. He fell into the sand. Both of us fell down. He stood up. By the time I looked forward, I didn't see any light again. My friends had gone. I looked to my right, graveyards. I looked to my left, great graveyards. I said, what kind of, what, what, where, where would they find me? <laughs> Casa, <laughs> Casa del Papa. But thank God, in God's infinite mercy, like in my life, I've never had to do that. I was helping the guy paddle the bike, like step on the sand, and we just kept going for another hour. And we got to Casa del Papa at 3.30. So I went to my bed. I slept till maybe like 2 o'clock the next day. <laughs> it was trauma. But do you know that since that time I forgot the issue till I was preparing for this message. I'm bringing us somewhere. A lot of us, the destinations where God has shown you is Casa del Papa. A lot of us on that journey to that destination, we act like me and my friends. Questions we should have asked earlier so we don't miss the way. We don't ask them. So you know that God has promised you this is what is going to happen in your life. This is what you see. Some of you even dream it. Some of you see it. It's two things I want to open your eyes to with that story. The first one is, <laughs> God is the one that has the map. Align yourself to God. Now, let me tell you, my colleagues that left us, apparently, where the bus, where that car stopped was just 30 minutes from Casa del Papa. The guy's name is Donatien. So, when we, go, when we were coming back, I saved the guy's number because I took my wife back there. That I called him, eight, I was calling him every day before the time. Please, we are coming. <laughs> this issue must not happen. The next time we went there, the guy picked us and took us, no issue. A lot of time, God has shown you where you should be. But a lot of times we don't see. First and foremost, we ask the rest, right, wrong questions. Secondly, we take the wrong directions. We are lost. But that's on one side. You know, we are talking about long suffering today. I know there are people that are going through difficult times that this message is for today, the long suffering message. One thing I want to tell you is that when God, the Bible says that when the Lord turned around the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. When you get to that place God is taking you to, I'm telling you, you will only be able to remember faintly what it was. I don't know that pain you are going through now that it seems like, you know what, this is a scar. I can never heal from it. Trust me. There's a way God changes stories of people that when God changes your story, you don't remember the pain of the past. See, if you are still remembering the pain of the past, it means it's not yet done. You are still on the way. When God changes your story, when I got to Casa del Papa the next day, I did not remember. I didn't remember the past day. There were too many things to do. I was just, wow, this is nice. This is a good place. We went kayaking. We did so many things. I was, so, I was amazed that they had that kind of thing in Africa. When we were going back, we just made sure we were okay. And we went back. 
But the struggle and the pain we went through was a thing of the past. I don't know what struggle and pain you are going through right now. When it is all said and done. See, it's just little. I'm telling you, we human beings, we have the ability to forget. The way we spoke about the children of the... Uh, when Jesus fed the 5,000 and it was time to feed the 4,000, his disciples had forgotten that he did the miracle just not long before. It's a similar situation when it comes to God changing our lives. You go through pain, yes. But when God changes the story, you can't, you won't. You won't remember the extent of the pain. All you just do is narrate the story. Why is it that women are going to labor? Let me ask you a question. When they are in labor, what do they say? I will never give birth again, most of them. This pain is too much. Ah, I remember when, I, so when my, and it, those days, I used to try and avoid. God used to, <laughs> in Nigeria, God used to help me. God loves me especially. So our first three children, I remember when my wife was going to have the first one. I went to the hospital with her. And I asked, they said, oh, you need to get some things. By the time I went out, because my wife was saying, I must be with her through the process. By the time I went out to get the thing, and I came back, the, the matron said, congratulations, you have a bouncy baby boy. I said, thank you, Jesus. So my wife won, she told me, hey, that you escaped. The next one, you must be there. So the next one, I was with her. We went together to the labor, we were in the labor room, I was with her. Then, no, they called me that she had gone to the hospital, that she felt she was contracting and all that. I started driving, and I was speeding. But I had to stop to buy fuel. I had to stop to get gas. And there was little um, first scarcity at the time. By the time I got to the filling station, I'm sorry, to the hospital, congratulations. Your wife was delivered. By the time we're going to have the third one, I stayed down when I took her. She said, you can't go anywhere. Take leave. I took leave. Nothing. No, I didn't take leave. I just told them that I won't be able to come to work. So I took her to the hospital. One a.m. We were there waiting together. I said, I'm not going anywhere today. Nowhere. I'm here. When it was nine, they said, oh, it, can't, it may take three hours more that it, because of dilation. I said, okay, let me go home and just have my pattern and come back. <laughs> On my way back, congratulations, your wife has delivered. <laughs> you understand? Now, the thing is, the one that I stayed with her, which is Canada, our last baby, <laughs> she was telling me, when I was telling her that, I mean, it was clear that this is it. I'm not, like, I don't want to hear. But guess the funny thing about it. I've heard women that would tell me that, you know what, I will never, this pain is, I will not give it three months. Or give it one month. Once the baby, if I give it a few hours, once you carry the baby, what happens? Joy. When God changes your story, trust me. <laughs> it's just narration. You will look for the pain, you won't find it. In the name of Jesus. You will look for the pain, you will not find it. So don't let your situation define you. I've seen people that have situations, challenges, and that thing puts them down. Yes, you have a challenge. Does that mean it is the end of the world? No. Let me break something to you today. That thing that is wrong with you, that challenge you are going through, you are not the first person to experience it. There's nothing that happens to us that is not common to man. Uh-uh. Have you gone through what Job went through? Have you lost seven children in one day? And he still says, I know my Redeemer leave it. Uh-uh. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. So I'm not trivializing what you are going through. I know it is tough. But what I want to encourage you today is it is for a season. It has an expiry date. That's one. Now, you know what I've now found to be funny amongst us believers? You've heard that it has an expiry date. Guess who determines the expiry date? Who? Eh? <laughs> who determines the expiry date? Eh? Some people are saying God, some people are saying you. <laughs> so, so, if God has said today is the expiry date, or next week is the expiry date, and you refuse to take the steps, what will happen? 
Now, let me ask, wait, we are coming somewhere. God has said there are 30 days for you to act, but another thing is you can move the hand of God. There are things you do to move the hand of God. You can move the hand of God, trust me. You can. And I was sharing with a family yesterday the story of when Jesus went with his disciples and, you know, and they, they, they refused to allow some of his people into Samaria. And his disciples, James and John, said, should we call down fire? <laughs> the way Elias did, that's where Elisha did. They said, no. He said, no. He said, don't you know the manner of spirit you are? So what, the story, what I'm getting from that story is that Jesus did not say, ah, no, because you can't, I'm the one that has to bring the fire. No, they have the power. <laughs> See, God has given us the power to determine what happens. See, in the spiritual, I think we need to understand the spiritual a bit more. Are there situations that God has set his time and said, okay, this is how it has to play out? Yes. Yes. But what I'm saying is, a lot of times, people get carried away with that and get comfortable and saying God's time is the best. They get comfortable and they say, you know what, God's time is the best. When is God's time, he will release me. A lot of times, in that situation, God has opened the gate. By the way, last week when we were praying, there was the word of knowledge about someone that is in a cage. That person has not walked out of the cage. I was praying yesterday and God told me, the person is still in the cage. Walk out, the door has been opened. But the thing is, God, you know, we are still doing the prayer for Red Sea. A lot of times, God will have parted the sea. Take the step. But guess what? Because you still see river, water on this side and water on this side, you think you are still in the problem. Are you understanding me? That water, imagine the, the Israelites seeing water. Do you know what it means? Have you been to a sea before? Have you swam inside the ocean? How many of us have swam in the ocean before? Allah, thank you. How was it? <laughs> Forget it. It's not easy. And now it's being part. Imagine the ocean parts. Do you know how deep it is? Do you know the kind of, do you know how high the thing will have been? So it, for some people, it still look like a problem. Like, ah, like, like this is a trick. <laughs> I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. Quickly, for those that are going through their time, seasons of difficulty, God is saying to you today, I'm going to just give you quick tips to help you through your difficult times. Yes, it is difficult. But one thing you need to know, the first thing is you need to remember God's word. God was in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. He says they are the plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Yes, so God has a plan. But you need to know that the end result of God's plan is for your good. And you need to believe it. You need to believe it and say, God, I know. See, the Bible talks about faith. See Jesus and the centurion. Jesus was shocked. He said, I've not seen this kind of faith before. So it shows you that faith does things. The centurion could have said, Jesus, you know, I know you are busy. Come to my house when you are chanced. Would Jesus have gone? Will he have gone? He will have gone. The child will have been healed. But the child will have been healed maybe two hours later. But the guy said, I believe that. I'm a man under authority. I say to one, come. And I say to them, go. And they do as I say. You have the power. And Jesus said, your faith, you know, has made him all. And guess what? Instantly. It's our faith. It's our faith. I pray God will build our faith in the name of Jesus. You need to believe it that God really, really, really has your interest at heart. Under the first one, under remember God's word, is also, you know, there's something that David said that I need you 
took key into. He need to key into this city. David said, no, David was the man of Rema. David was the king in those days. Jesus had not come, but he was giving prophecies about Jesus. The Bible says in the book of Psalm 37, verse 25, KJV says, I have been young, and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Now, guess what used to happen? When a lot of Christians do that, guess what their problem is? I'm not righteous. Let me ask you a question today. Are you righteous? <laughs> are you righteous? Some of you are trying to be humble. Are you righteous? Tell your neighbor, I am righteous. What makes you righteous? What makes you righteous? It's not by your works any longer. See what the Bible says in the book of Romans 3, 22. It says this righteousness of God comes through faith in Jesus Christ for all those, listen, Jew or Gentile, who believe and trust in him and acknowledge him as God's son. There is no distinction. So are you righteous? A lot of times, you say, I'm a righteous man. <laughs> so you are, that this person is, that's boasting, that's this. You are proud. But Jesus is our righteousness. The moment you become a child of God, you are righteous. So when David is saying, I have been young now, I'm old, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. He's talking to you. So if you are forsaken and your seed is begging bread, it's an anomaly. Correct it. Correct it. God has given us dominion. He has given us power to declare things. I beg you, brothers and sisters, in the name of Jesus, begin to use your power. I mean, and God is not saying use just this power just when you come to church. Some of us, it's only when we come to church, remember that God has given you power. It's only when we come to church. In your daily lives, use the power you have. The Bible says God gave us dominion over, over, over the atmosphere, over the weather, over things. I was sharing with some friends on Thursday, I was coming from Toronto. I went to pick a ship, a, a load, and I had a time frame to drop off the, the load and return the truck. And on my way back, it started, it was raining heavily. I was already past Woodstock. And I was going to offload the, the things, and I said, God, if I get to the place, I cannot offload with rain. So I said, in the name of Jesus, rain, I command you to stop. And I started talking to rain. I said, you know what? I'm going to get to the place. I need to offload. When I'm done offloading, you can now come back on. And I said, no, even wait. Let me return the truck. Enter my car. Then you can come back. You want to hear what happened? <laughs> I uploaded now. It stopped. Funny enough, it stopped in a way that I forgot. I even forgot that it rained before. I got there, I uploaded, I did everything, I drove, I did everything. It stopped. God has given you the power. It's not any pastor, forget it. You don't say because I'm a pastor. No, 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 no. You have that same power. You go, the rain will beat you with all your luck. You say, oh, this rain now, what kind of problem is this? Oh, you tell the rain, stop, I'm busy. God has given you the power. Why? You are a child of God. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. So I want you to believe. That's where it starts from. Let these words build your faith. You are a child of God. You are righteous. Now what the scripture says about those that are righteous is God will never forsake you. Believe it. God cannot forsake you. And I pray that it will be clear to you in the name of Jesus. The next thing is be assured that God means the situation for your good. You know what? I find a lot of people struggle with this because <laughs> they begin to say, am I really called by God according to his purpose? Do I love God? 
You know, the Bible says in the book of Romans 8, 28, it says, and we know with great confidence that God who is deeply concerned about us causes all things to work together as a plan for those who love God to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. I was sharing with some friends a few days back. I mean, God always has a plan. I shared a testimony with you guys I, was it a year back or so? How I brought a shipment from Nigeria. I spent a lot of money, brought it in. They had, they had issues that um, Health Canada didn't want to release it. We, you know, in the midst of our meetings, God opened me to a, a revelation is importation. But guess what? I still had to add to that shipment. I had to return it back to Nigeria. The cost of returning it back was over four thousand dollars, and I had to bring it back again. But the lesson I learned, oh God. The lesson I learned from that thing and what God opened my eyes to see is invaluable. Now, guess what happened? I brought the shipment back. That period, I could have said, God has forsaken me. Oh, my business is in trouble. I'm not talking of, I'm talking of a lot of money because it's air freight. You're talking of air freight. I spent over a million to bring 1.2 to bring it one way. I had to fly it back. Then I'll bring it back again. But guess what happened? By the time the thing came back, nobody has stuck again. So I put the money, the margin... <laughs> The money I could have, I, I spent extra. I put it on the product. Because that was the cost of bringing in the product. I still made the same profit. All things. Some people will have said, oh, I know people that will have had hypertension and died. <laughs> My life has finished. Oh, God, you are forsaking me. The Bible says all things. Sometimes you are going through a sickness. It's because God wants to show you his healing power. I remember when we, do you, I don't know, do you remember when we moved to, when we were in the hotel? That was one day we came to church and I was going to get down from the car and my back just hooked. Hey, I said, what kind of problem is this? Early church morning, like, how come my back just hooked? So, like I was in pain. So I go to church, we're praying and I said, God, what is this? Like, uh-uh. Is it that I want to deliver somebody tomorrow, to this morning? I saw the devil is not trying to attack me. Do I need to engage in warfare? And God says, no, that somebody is feeling that pain. I don't want to feel what that person is feeling. Ha! Huh? I said, that's not a good way. <laughs> no, just tell me. I will tell the person and I will call it. Say, so you have to feel what that person is feeling. And I remember that day, I said, there's someone here. I, I said, you are having a pain in this place. And the lady said, oh, yes, it's me. And we prayed. And by the grace of God, God delivered her. But my own did not stop. <laughs> My pain did not stop. It continued. I, I, I said, go, but, but I don't know if this is the dimension we should be walking on. Like, I know there are different ways you do healing, but this is not the best. So what if somebody's leg is broken? Is it that you break? Ah, no, this is not what I... Let's do, have this negotiation again. But guess what? The pain was there. So I go to my say, God, what, what are you? What, what? And guess what the Spirit of God? Because I was nagging, I was just complaining. So I, I was not listening. I was just saying, God, what's this? I did, did, did. But the moment I sat and I said, okay, what do you have to say? He said, God, God says, I want to show you a new dimension of healing. I said, what's that? He said, touch it. So I stretched my hand and I just did this and the pain disappeared. And he says, that's what is called instant healing. Till today, I've not felt that pain. You know, so, you need to be assured <laughs> that God means the situation for your good. 
The Bible says in the book of Genesis 50 20, it says, as for you, this is Joseph, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring out this present outcome that many people will be kept alive as they are this day. Joseph's brother, they sold him into slavery. From there, he went to Potiphar's house. From there, Potiphar's wife hid him. A lot of people, that's where their destiny will have been cut short and they will have remained glorified servants. But Joseph said no, he went to the prison. Now he started interpreting dreams in the prison. Do you know what that would have meant? He would have been a celebrity in the prison. Everybody saw that this guy was a wise guy. So he could have remained a glorified prisoner and forgotten. But God had not finished with him. What happened? God translated him. But the key thing, you remember in the last, was it God did you take in the pastor Femi explained this? He did not say what the enemy meant for evil. God turned it to good. No. He didn't say God turned it. He said God meant it. So God knew about it. So listen to me, that pain you are going through. You're saying, God, I want a life partner that is God-fearing. I want this. God knows. The fact that it's one useless, silly guy comes to you and is saying nonsense. God knows. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. The things we go through as people. You know, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot. But one thing I know is I've also seen victory. And I always know, you know, as believers, we don't fight for victory. We fight from a place of victory. Get it into your mind. It's not like you are fighting to gain victory. You already have victory in Christ Jesus. So you are fighting for me. You are just enforcing what God has called yours. Simple. You are making sure it comes to pass. What is law enforcement? What do the police people do? They enforce the law. There's already a law. So it's already written that you are victorious. Your job is just to enforce it. So I don't know what you're going through today. God is saying to you, be assured that the situation is for your good. Everything that happens. So a lot of us will say, God, but what if, <laughs> what if I don't fall into the category of people that things work together for their good? <laughs> no, but those are the questions people ask. Eh? No, they don't have category. I'm saying to people, we ask that question that, you know, they'll say, the Bible says, all things together for good to those that love God and to those that are not called. What the devil will bring to people that is, you don't love God. That's what the devil does. You are not called according to his purpose. See, you are a failure. That's what the devil does. He'll say, ah, if you love God, you lied yesterday. You didn't fast. Everybody was fasting. You ate God. That's what the devil does. That's why the Bible says, there is no condemnation. He's the accuser. He's the accuser. Some people did fast. <laughs> God will help us in the name of Jesus. Number three. Number three. So the first thing we spoke about is we said, remember God's word. The second thing is be assured that God makes the situation for your good. The number three thing, just three more things to go. Avoid pity parties. Avoid pity parties. A lot of times when we go through our struggles, you want to sit around people and all of you, how many of you have lamented with people that have what situation on your own? By the time they tell you their problem, your own now looks like it's not a problem. There's a difference, so if it's believers that are encouraging you and saying, I know what you are going to, but I've gone through worse and God delivered me. That's different. But some people, actually, people that go and smoke and drink. <sighs> oh boy, you never suffer. <laughs> I know what I'm going through in my own life. It happens. You can relate, you understand what I'm saying. All of you that used to go and meet those people, God will forgive you. Now they sit together, they are talking about what they tell you. You know, pity parties where people come and say, Oh, sorry, oh, but your own is not bad. At least, you know, uh, uh, don't worry now. You, you are saying you don't, you are trusting God for a life partner. 
me, I, do, I cannot even have a life partner again. I cannot even have a life partner ever. So, uh, so you, 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 you still have hope. They've given just Yes! Pity party. Or people that sit around there and say, oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, sorry. They, 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 they damp it. <clears throat> I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. When you sit around them, what they do for you is just keep amplifying them. Petting the situation for you. Petting it. Petting it. Canada, what they used to pet it. Actually, when you are trusting God for a good job, they say, my brother, Canada is a good country. EI that you receive. I know somebody that took EI for, 40, for four years. And he did a lot with his EI. Employment insurance. <laughs> you understand? Pity party. I pray in the name of Jesus. You will be in the right circle. In the name of Jesus. The fourth one is in your time of difficulty, don't self-isolate. I purposely said in your time of difficulty, don't self-isolate. So someone will not go and take my record when I say don't self-isolate. I'm going to say this pastor said you should not self-isolate for coronavirus. No. In the time of difficulty, that's not the time for you to lock yourself up. A lot of times, that is the way it works for a lot of people. You want to just be away from people. You become very sensitive, but that is not the time. That is not the time. You need to arise. You need to go into the world. You need to keep living. Whatever God has put into your hands to do at the time, do it. In the middle of that, God will meet you. See, I, I can never forget a young man I met a few years ago. I was recruiting for this bank. We went to Portaco to recruit. I was in Portaco to recruit. I had the list of candidates. Now, the way it works is, when I have my list of candidates, we invite them to the place, a special location. We bring in executives. That was the last stage of the interviews. So we brought executives from the bank to see them. There was an executive director and three group heads in the room. I was coordinating the interview. I went in, you know, called everyone in, and towards the end of the interview, I saw this guy sitting. And I'm like, sorry, that, what's your name? The guy told me, I said, your name is not on the list. Normally, at those kind of times, as HR, you just dismiss the person, send the person to leave or get security to get the person out. But I just felt this calm. I'm like, your name is not on the list. The guy says, just sort of says, sir, I'm so sorry that I, I, I just felt like I had to be here today. Like, I, I know I was one of the people on the, I've been going through the stages, but I got dropped as the previous stage. But I know I have a lot to offer. I don't know why I got dropped, sir. I believe I can do this job as I have all it takes. Ah! And I really told everybody inside that that was the last candidate. And I felt the truth of God say to me expressly, this guy should be interviewed. You know, I pray in the name of Jesus that in your hour of need, God will send somebody. And I left the guy. I went to the room and I said, I'm so sorry, my ED, the man, the ED, the executive director that was there was the most powerful in the bank. I'm very, very no nonsense. Stand. So do I enter? He said, Oh, I don't think I said, I'm so sorry that there's a chap that came. That I don't know why we omitted his name on the list somehow. That I don't want you to meet him for just one minute. He said, oh, go, why, why, why? Okay, bring him, bring him in. I told the guy, you have a chance, just go in there. The guy went in there, he was there for 25 minutes. By the time the guy left, he said, this is the best candidate we have seen. So the boy, like, so I got back to Lagos, I had to bring out the guy's file, go and look for it, because I had been kept on not, process, not proceeding, those are not proceeding. I had to bring out his file, got him, you know, into the thing, got approval for him. The guy came into our graduate training program. At the end, he was one of the best. And I remember the boy's graduation, what he told me. Because he came to my office. They were there for three months. He came, because when you do it, they put you in a good department, set you up. The guy came to me and he said, sir, with tears in his eyes, you don't know what you've done for me, sir. 
that I came there that day because my family had nothing to feed. My parents struggled to send me to school. I was the only hope. And now I have a job in the bank and I can earn money. That's how, what you don't know what this job has done in my whole family. If I tell you that today that boy is going awesome places, you won't believe it. But that boy's life was changed because he refused to sit down. I'm not saying you should go and crash interview. <laughs> but you get what the point is. There are times you need to take steps. When God is the one that has pushed you to take the step, he will back you up. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. Take steps of faith. The final one is keep fasting your gaze on Jesus. Stop looking at the situation. Stop looking at the Red Sea. Stop looking at the wall of Jericho. Just look up to Jesus. You know, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, we look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze unto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith perfection. His example is this. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered his humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, the Bible says about Jesus, that it was given a name above every other name. Why was he given that name? It's sacrifice. It's sacrifice. What Jesus went through on the cross of Calvary was not easy. It was one of the tough. I mean, like when you talk of long suffering, that is an epitome of long suffering. Because the people he was going to die for were the ones that were killing him, were the ones that were beating him, spitting on him. And he still went on the cross and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. So imagine, Jesus went through all that. A lot of time we as believers, or non-believers, some people that are yet to believe, don't go God's way. They don't go the way of Jesus. And Jesus is saying, these people are, these are people I died for. I'm calling you to come to this free life that I'm giving. Come to it. And they are running away. So when we talk about God having the attitude or the virtue of long suffering, that is it. The people that God sacrificed his son for, keep spitting at his face. The people that God sacrificed his son for, treat him like a non-entity. The people that God sacrificed his son for are against him. They go against his will and his plan. I pray in the name of Jesus that we will not be caught in such nonsense. In the mighty name of Jesus. God has a reason why he has created you. I don't know what you may be going through today. I don't know what your challenge is. I don't know what your season is. But I pray that the Spirit of God will birth in you the virtue of long-suffering. It will give you the ability to stay strong. Don't respond. One I did not add is do not respond to people that, you know, there are a lot of people that in that situation, they, they, they say the wrong things. Don't, don't react. You can respond, but don't react. There's a difference. When you react, you react emotionally. You get angry, you begin to cry and say, oh, will you do that? Will you say this to me? No, 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 no. You respond. What's response? Keep quiet. Go back to God. See, when you are in your trying times, take note of this as a child of God. And people humiliate you, speak evil against you, even if they are children of God. Just look at their lives wherever they are. Just be sure that God is taking you above them. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. As a child of God, so someone will say, oh, but I'm a child of God. So as children of God, you make life difficult for people that are going through trying times. And then you say, hey, but me too, I'm a child of God. Are you a child of God? At that time, are you a child of God? Is that behavior, the behavior of a child of God? I've seen people that antagonize people that are going through their trying times. 
But one thing I've seen it, because I'm always patient, I'll watch it. I'm, I, I'm very, I like to be observant. What I see is years down the line, God has placed the person over the other person. I've seen a situation where someone in a workplace that was bitter and wicked to someone else, for one way or the other, the organization restructured and that person became the boss. I've seen a situation where someone was wicked to someone. The person went to an interview years later and sat in front of that person who was wicked to. I've seen a situation where, I mean, I can't begin to explain to you. Don't antagonize people. We spoke about it last week. Your job as a child of God is to help those that are going through trying times. Don't add to their problem. So I don't know who you are here that you are going through your own tough times. I don't know who is antagonizing you. I don't know who is causing you pain. Please do not fight them. Please do not react. Please do not get angry. Just stay strong. God of heaven is seeing those things that are happening. You know that's why God says that vengeance is mine. Do not repay. Let's bow down here and begin to talk to God. Just say, Father, I thank you. I don't know how many people are going through their trying times right now. And they just want to say, Lord, I need help. It is tough. The people around me are making the situation tougher for me. I don't know how to get out of the situation. But Lord, one thing I know is that you will make a way. In fact, you have made the way. This is the season of the Waymaker. There is a reason why that theme was chosen for this season. There is something God is birthing in this season. And I pray in the name of Jesus that we will all tap into it. Let us begin to talk to God this morning and this afternoon. I begin to say, Lord, I commit my life into your hands. I can't do it on my own. I need your help. I know that this situation is temporary. I know, Lord, that you have already made a way of escape. Lord, give me the grace to see as I ought to see. Lord, we thank you. Quickly, I don't know if there is anyone here that is yet to give their life to Christ. You know, God is reaching out to you this afternoon and saying, you know what, I need you. I want you to come to me. I want to release the power that you should enjoy, the power for victory. I want to give you the virtue of long-suffering. I want to give you the ability to stay strong. I want to help you through your situation. Because if you are not in Christ and you are joining people to say all things work together for good, it doesn't apply to you. It's only for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. God is saying to you today, I want you to join that clique of people. All you need to do is just to say some words of prayer with me. I'll just say something. You don't even need to stand up. Why, while you are seated wherever you are, we'll just say the confessions together. And that is it. The Bible says with mouth, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. If there is anyone here today that is saying, Lord Jesus, I'm ready to start a walk with you. Or perhaps you've been working with Jesus in the past, but, you, but you've backslided or you've moved away from the faith. God is saying, I want to restore you. If there's anyone in any of these categories, online or even physically here, I want you to just wave your hands to God. I'll just say a short word of prayer for you and you start your journey back. The situation you are going through is not something you can handle on your own. If God does not open your eyes to see, you will stay there. It's only God that makes the way of escape. There is no man, there is no power that can make a way of escape. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we pray that you will help your children. Lord, we pray that you cause there to be restoration for them. Lord, we pray that you bring them back to yourself. Lord, your word says that anyone that comes to you, you will in no wise cast away. For as many as I've run to you today, Lord, please take them. Change their lives for good. Let their lives begin to experience your touch. Thank you, everlasting Father. Lord, and for all your children, I pray, for as many as are going through tough times, open their eyes to see the situation. 
give them the guidance to get out of the situation. Let them see as they ought to see. Let them hear as they ought to hear. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Let somebody shout hallelujah. If you're excited to be here today, just shout a big hallelujah. If you know that God is your helper, shout a big hallelujah. Hallelujah.